This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcasts. You lucky boys and girls, you've got double bubble this week. You had the Ivan Tony one that dropped yesterday, and now you've got your standard, your bog standard preview review podcast where we look back at the Fulham brilliant, beautiful, magnificent win from last weekend. And then we look forward to the hopefully equally beautiful, stunning first win against Crystal Palace in my lifetime, I think, at the GTEC on Saturday. Um, so looking forward to the, the, the game at the weekend because, you know, you, you come away from Craven Cottage, you're, you're buzzing after you've won. You, you rub their noses in it. You know, there was a superb poll on Besotted on, uh, on, on Sunday and Monday and it said, what's better? A 3-0 win at Craven Cottage or a 4-1 win at Craven Cottage. The the two brilliant games we've gone there and we literally demolished them. And surprisingly, the 3-0 win um, has, has won. And, uh, you know, I guess winning in the Prem is obviously uh, of, a, of a higher magnitude than winning the Championship. But I think the uh, the 4-1 game will live long in our hearts as, as, as well as the 3-0 three, three one as well. But um, there you go. Lots of brilliant positivity to, to talk about again this this week. Um, I'm joined as I was five minutes ago. It might be 24 hours in it, but obviously we're recording it on the same night. We've got Ali Malali again and um, to, and and Lewis Coglin. Welcome, one and all. How are you both? You all right? All right, thanks, Dave. I did actually go. For, I did actually vote for the four-one personally, but there you go. What did would you? I know? Yes. Yeah, yeah still good. Thanks. Yeah, you're still good. Still hot. <laughs> yeah, still hot. And I think you got a, you may hear a fire alarm as well. So oh, nice sound <laughs> sound effects. We like we like we like a few sound effects. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. So oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? You know, we we talked a few weeks ago about you know what hopes and aspirations for the new season ahead, and you know what what we what we feared and and, and just what we were looking forward to and it, it's actually turning out to be all right again isn't it so far so far so good as they say you know draw against Tottenham on day one and a, and a brilliant win at the cottage on on, on match day two um with uh, with Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace coming to town our, our part of town in in match 
three. So uh, being undefeated, it it does make life so much better because you just everything's all right in the world, isn't it? You know, um, Ivan Tony's still not here, um, but you've got you've got uh, you know Brian and Bumo and Johan Wiesa that have scored goals coming out of their coming out of their ears, you know. Um, Brian's looking every bit as prolific from the twelve-yard spot as Ivan ever did. Um, you know, two from two this season, um, unbeaten without Ivan um, during last season and into this as well. It it, it bodes well. It, it it really does. So you know, what did you what did you make of the weekend, chaps? You know, we'll we'll hear from the fans. Um, after the after the final whistle, it, it, shortly. But you know, how, how what was your swagger? Were you how swagging were your what was your swagger after the game, Ali? It was very swaggery, swaggery. Yeah, it was. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, oh, there's nothing. You know, I think I said last week. You know, derby day. You you know, with Fulham or keep it or whoever Chelsea. You sort of like you're always really excited for it, but there's that little bit of dread in it because there's nothing worse than losing that game and you know we were just completely in control of the whole game and it was just there is nothing like a derby day win and to do it at their place um it was just i thought you know i thought we played really well i thought the crowd you know our fans were really on it the players were really on it and yeah it was it was just fabulous just loved every second of it they got battered didn't they Lewis? They certainly did. I mean, Ali's just uh, put it in a nutshell there. That's just just amazing. And I guess actually not unexpected, really. Uh, you know, I thought we looked good against Spurs. I thought we were unlucky not to get three points against them. You know, and you, you look again at the uh, penalty we weren't given for Sharder in that game. Uh, and we, we were well ahead on XG. Uh, Fulham was... You know, as soon as we got the first goal, it just felt, like Ali said, pretty comfortable, really. I have to say, I thought the, the penalty was a bit iffy. It was soft, wasn't it? The second yellow was a bit harsh. Uh, but that was game over then, really. And and wasn't it brilliant to see Brian hit the woodwork, but actually for the ball to go in for once? <laughs> it, it, it was the most accurate and cl clinical finish you know it's what he's been trying to do all along yeah yeah well <laughs> he, he's, he's, get, he's getting there he's, he's actually getting there um you know so not not losing against the the top five or six and then beating the rest we will 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 be in champions league um you know we are in champions league space well we are at the moment that, I mean, that, that, that proves that proves it you know it's it's uh you know we, and and equally you know let, let's let's not forget you know we did go half a season or the best part of half a season last year undefeated i know there was a month the world cup was, was in that but it was an incredible unbeaten run and their 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 habits they're, they're really good habits and it seems you know so far and you know back into last season the tail end of it Habits that we're, we're we're becoming used to is just like the way we set up the confidence, um, the belief, and the, the ability of our, of our players. Um, and you know, from from my experience in the first three years of being in the in the top flight, because of the international breaks, you can you can break the seasons down into chunks. And we're looking at a chunk now. You know, the first four or five matches where 
we we've got to get through to an international uh, you know tr uh, break, uh, and we've got we've got a couple more games. We've got Bournemouth on on Saturday week, and then obviously we've got Crystal Palace this weekend. We've got two games to get through, and you kind of like that's the perfect start of the season. And, and no, another another win and a, and a draw, or two draws, or two wins. You know, it, it it would be stunning to get through. And let's be honest, you know, the the opposition is that you know we we stand a good chance. We're on good form, and the other the other two teams, not to take them lightly, because every every team here is good. Um, but you know, Palace uh, have had have had a mixed start. Um, they have looked. They, they had a first, you know, first away win of the season up at um, Bramall Lane, where where they were, they, by all accounts, quite lucky to come away with the win instead of a draw or a defeat. And then they didn't really offer too much against Arsenal, but that's that's always a real real toughie. But you know, we we come out of our toughie with a point. They come out of theirs toughie with with none. We've we've matched our results pretty much, even you know, so. Nil-nil home and away the first season, one all home and away the second season. Um, I, I appeared on the Back of the Nest podcast a little bit earlier and I, I said this year the results are going to be the same again, both 2-1 to Brentford. Um, he, he wasn't quite happy with that, he didn't agree, but I, I think it's about time we beat them. I think we're unlucky not to have done. I think there's not been a lot in the games we've played against them so far, but I, I think I think there's there's... There's a, I use the swagger word again. There's something about us at the moment, um, but you know, it, it's built on what happened at Craven Cottage. What else? What else impressed me at Craven Cottage was the fans. I thought the Brentford mm. fans were were stunning, and obviously there's a lot to sing about. But it towards the end, once we known we knew victory was was ours. You know, West London is ours. Uh, shit on the Fulham, bees up Fulham down. Fulham get battered everywhere they go. All the the whole repertoire, build a bonfire. They were they were all sung so loud. Is can you can you think of a better atmosphere in the last couple of years, Lou? Uh, well, I guess that first game in the Premier League probably mm. kind of rivals it. Uh, and I also remember like Liverpool at home. Uh, the three all being absolutely, you know, just sensational. And well, four up at half time against United wasn't bad either. So, uh, yeah, but it's it's it was uh, pretty remarkable. Yeah, and uh, yeah, great fans and great performance as well. Some superb individual performances again. You know, Jensen, Brian. Thought Wiesa took his goal, and I know it probably didn't look that difficult. And it was a balls up by the, the defender, but all three touches that he took were the perfect touches, including the finish. Uh, and Rico, once again, I mean, he just, uh, you know, he's on a, another level. And as I think Ali pointed out recently, he, he, he <laughs> you know, he has to be called up to the England squad now. It's, get, it's getting ridiculous. Uh, yeah. He is just simply outstanding. Ali, will you answer me a question about Rico Henry, please? Yeah, go on. What was he doing on the right wing for us for a third goal? How did he how did he get there? And, <laughs> no, what, and what and what was he doing? This there? is a very good question. I have no idea. In fact, how did Rico how did Ira end up with the assist? And it was just it was the most sublime goal. It was just a 
I yeah. loved that goal so much. I loved that it was created by Fleck and Rico and Aya. It was just beautiful goal. You know, yeah, yeah. three players, you, you, you know, you're not expecting those three to combine to create just a tap in for Brian and I. No, it, was, it shouldn't it, be it happening. Was a, Beautiful goal! I love that goal yeah. so much. I love it. And I think special mention to Aya because I, I was I was really quite concerned about his performance against Spurs. I thought he he was a bit of a weak link, and for him that was a superb run that he made, and the ball mm. was absolutely inch perfect. So fair play to him. I'd, I'd say fair play to Christopher Aya absolutely because you know um, he's he's up there with. Brentford's most fragile players. I think at the end of the season, it'd be Onyeka, Baptiste, Norgard, and and Aya will be fighting it out for the for the for the uh, the, the, the crystal fragile player. He's but not the Lewis McLeod level. No, he's, though, he's not, he's not quite. Fair. No, he's not quite at that level. No, I don't think anyone's at the Lewis McLeod level. But it's they they they, they do seem to have their fair share of injuries, and let's hope that you know that's all behind them. But. Christopher Iyer, I thought, was strong in the uh, the US games. Uh, uh, you know, he scored scored a goal against Fulham, and um, you know, he, he got caught out slightly out of position against Brighton. But you know, we know how Brighton are good. Um, I, I think he's I think he's really fit and in a in a, in a really good place. I, I, so it was great to see Christopher Iyer back at his best. Was it now? Oh yeah, absolutely. I and I, I think he did really really well when he came on. I think there's a a couple of players I really like to mention beyond Rico, who was his usual magnificent self. I think Aaron Hickey has started the season incredibly well. He's looked really good defensively and yeah. going forward. Um, I think uh, I think Matty Jensen was sublime on Saturday. He completely that pirouette. Talk me through that. Oh my god, that little pirouette he did just to get away. It was like it was like beautiful. I mean, it was yeah. just sort of like he was sublime on Saturday. Mm. And I have to say. Ben Mee has got his work cut out to get back into that team because I think Nathan Collins mm -hmm. has been really good. Was really, has. really good. He does all the stuff Ben Mee does so well, the blocking, the heading, but he can also bring the ball out as well. And I yeah. really like that. And, he, and he's right-footed. So if you're playing mm. two at the back, I think he was yeah. bought as a national, natural successor to me. But mm. so, I, you know, I love Ben Mee, but I think he's got his work cut out to get back in the team possibly now. Um, if, we're playing, if we're only playing two in the, in the middle. 100%. And then obviously Vitali Yanel, again, he's, he's he's doing nothing wrong as, as well. Uh, you know. I would say he was poor first half, but second half he was he was very, very good second half. Did you see him at the end when they came to the Brentford fans? Vitali Yanel pointing out the singing and the songs to, to, to Nathan Collins. Mm. So just to, just to, just to, I, I think, you know, Vitali was just loving the atmosphere, the post-match kind of bounce as much as anyone else. So he's, full, he's fully... He's a, he's a proper proper B. Let's, let's, let's yeah. not. I wasn't loving the way that stand felt like it was going to collapse. Towards well, how, they, how, they, how do they get away with that? It's, it's, it's like <laughs> it feels like a complete like, safety failure. It's just like going it? to it's like going to Priestfield, Gillingham, just but it just feels a bit like it's a temporary stand. It feels it like a temporary stand. It is a temporary stand. I don't know yeah. how they get away with it. Um, no, it's, anyway, it's sort of like. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I'm happy. I'm happy to stand on their rickety stand when any any any, any time you like. Yeah. So let's let's actually let's head right back to that rickety stand right now and uh, so, sample again that post-match euphoria and listen to the Brentford fans straight after the game. I thought we played really well, structured. Um, um, yeah, the, the back four phenomenal. Flecken had a good game, um, composed by the back four. And Buomo, we're up, fantastic, can't fault him whatsoever. 
fantastic result. Brilliant. Absolutely happy. Going to go home up north. Very, very happy. We, we were a better side. We, we played about. I've always a little bit soft in the midfield, but other than that, we were good. I was very confident. I was not worried whatsoever. The atmosphere in this stadium is absolutely bonkers. I was confident the way we was attacking. You see from the Tottenham game, we was unbelievable. But they, someone was deserved to spank in and hopefully it was Fulham. You know it yourself. Superb performance. Uh, not only superb performance, but great support from the, obviously us lot here. I think the boys on the pitch, they played it well. I think Thomas got the tactics spot on. Played a 4-3-3, which Fulham didn't really deal with. Couldn't deal with. You know, with reference to Kevin Sharder, I think... I'm not too sure he's match fit at the moment. I think he's had a funny old uh, pre-season. So I think we're still to see the best of him. And I think giving... I'm not too sure playing him down the right, playing him down the left. We, we, we've got to find where he's going to be good at, where his best position is, whether it's going to be down the middle or whether it's going to be on the left or the right. I can see him cutting in off the right-hand side. I'd love to see him get a run down the middle of the park. Yeah, I don't know. It looked like dead rubber for a draw in the first half, and then we just stepped up their gear. Maybe they punched themselves out in the first 20 minutes. I mean, they threw the kitchen sink at us, and that was it, really. And then once we sort of sussed them out, the more that, you know, we were the better ball-playing team. As soon as the ref decided to take his Fulham shirt off at half-time as well, that helped, so, you know. It's up there, one of the best wins we've ever had over. One of the best we've had in the Premier League, I think, since we've been up. We looked so good second half. We, looked, we controlled the game well. Even when we made defensive changes, Ira and Henry were still pushing up. We looked like we wanted it so much. I think, to be honest, we were unlucky maybe not to get four or five. So that was an excellent performance from us today, amazing. I'm not worried at all about sort of Tony not being in the team at the moment because they're so confident up front. And it's not just them, it's, it's the whole team as a unit. You know, at the back, Flecken, I thought, had one shaky moment near the start. But after that, I think at the back, we controlled the ball really well. We looked really on it. We pushed forward as a team and we pick our moments perfectly. And yeah, we just were so organised today. I was so impressed. It's a cracking result, especially after last week's game. To, to back it up with an away win, you're absolutely right about Flecken. He had all the support he needed from the back guys. They worked as a unit very well. The confidence group, you're right. We came out of the traps quick and put proceeded on that throughout the rest of the game the sending off was obviously a bonus uh, but the penalty was absolutely fair I mean we're going to see it later no doubt but yeah deserved result Fulham had chaos at points they didn't know what was coming their way they got battered there's, there's some there's some there's some vibes going on there there's some songs going on there there's some people that uh, yeah that they had a really good night. I had a really good night afterwards. We went back down to the river, went back to the pub that we uh, we, we got off the boat um, after the you know before the four one game. So happy memories. And the sun was out, and uh, we had a few drinks, and we went back to the Ghost Whale, which was a little microbrewery. And um, I finished the night off with uh, an eleven point five percent chocolate stout which um, <laughs> which um, yes was, was the perfect way to end the day and I didn't want to have anything more to drink after that I can tell you <laughs> but uh, we should we should have done it with we should have probably done it with brioche um, and 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 um, uh, uh, champagne um, because we were in Putney but um, you know this is it was we, we, we still got to celebrate our way so you know that that game, as I said, it, it set up a brilliant start to the season. Um, 
we're in a weird part of that early season as well because we've got the, tr the transfer windows open. Um, and there's been talk, uh, there's been not a lot of, lot of talk about our players going, weirdly. You know, we're, 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 we're strangely, predictably, um, bafflingly, uh, our players don't seem to get mentioned to get bought by anyone else. Don't complain. No, I'm not, I'm not complaining. <laughs> don't make that continue. No, I'm just fine. I mean, I'm just honestly, you know, you, you know, Brian and Bumo and Wiesa, they're, like, they're, they're setting the world on fire and there's no, there's no talk of Chelsea coming in to buy them for 120 million where, um, you know, a, a Brighton player farts and they're worth, you know, they're worth 200 mil. So it's, 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 it's odd, but as I said, and, and you agree, let's, let's not complain about that because our best players are still ours. But um, yeah, the, the Brentford, Brentford boys have, have got off um, to a really good start. But this talk about us still improving um, and strengthening and the, the numbers we're, we're, we're looking at are big, you know, um, Fabrizio Romano, uh, or when, when, he's not, when he's not having fights with Banana on the GPG, um, he, he normally comes up trumps and he, he knows he, he's, he's well connected. You know, not everything he says comes to fruition because not every, not every rumour gets across the line. You know, it's, uh, he's not normally a million miles wrong, let's put it that way. Um, and today he ran an exclusive saying Brentford have submitted a new proposal to Fiorentina for the Argentine winger Nico Gonzalez. Um, there's two Nico Gonzalez's. Um, this one is Argentinian, the other one is Spanish. Uh, and but the Brentford bid apparently is in excess of 40 million euros. I'll say that again: 40 million euros. Brentford are bidding 40 million euros for um, Argentinian uh, World Cup winning squad players. It's it's crazy. We must rate this guy really highly. This is a rumor that Billy and I spoke about a couple three weeks ago. Um, we get a lot of rumours and we, our club gets linked with a lot of players. There's a lot of troll sites, there's a lot of uh, clickbait sites that seem to want to link us with everything just to, get, um, just to get some numbers. But this one I hear has got legs. Um, there's some truth behind this. The numbers are colossal. Um, it, it looks like we've moved on from our Nottingham Forest target, does it not, Ali? Oh, yeah, that was my, when I saw the uh, bid, that was my initial reaction was sort of like, well, we've obviously moved on from Brennan Johnson then. Um, it, it's huge numbers. I mean, it, it seems um, for, uh, this evening that uh, Fiorentina rejected that bid. I suppose the question is, is are we prepared to go, go higher? Um, part of me hopes that possibly we're not because it does seem like an eye-watering large sum of money but I'm you know I'm sure those you know who deal with the the money at the club know exactly what they're doing um yeah it's uh I don't know I don't I have to say I don't know enough about the guy to say if if he's if we pay that amount of money for him whether or not it's a good deal whether or not it would be a better deal than getting Brennan Johnson in um but it, it, I think it does signal that we've ended our pursuit of Brendan Johnson and, and we're, we're looking elsewhere. I think the thing we have to remember is, um, I think possibly what the club are looking at is that period in um, in January where Brian certainly is, and quite possibly we say, are going off to AFCON. Um, so we'll lose both of them for a, a period of time. So I think we're, we're possibly looking at, we're going to have to be quite strong in that area, um, especially if Ivan doesn't come back or ends up going ends up going in, in that January window. So 
I think that's what we're looking at. But it's an eye-wateringly large sum of money. It just doesn't, it doesn't quite feel like it's Brentford somehow, does it? No, it, it doesn't. I mean, this is my question to you, Lewis, is the fact that, I mean, not, not that it matters how comfortable we are, <laughs> because it's, it's, Indeed. it's, Indeed. it's, 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 it's pretty, it's pretty irrelevant. You know, our, our, our football club seems to be changing by the, by the month. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about the, you know, the, by just being in the Premier League every season, the amount of money that you kind of accrue. Um, let alone, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe there's 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 big talk about Ivan Tony or or any other player um, for, for for next window, and they're just lining up replacements because you know this 40 million quid is is, is alien to us. Are you are you? I mean, are you comfortable with this? Well, uh, <clears throat> I think it depends. I mean, I don't know how old uh, uh, Gonzalez is. But I think I was interested, I was supportive of us really pushing the boat out for Brennan Johnson, for instance, uh, on the base, partly on the basis that he's so young. <laughs> and so barring like a horrible injury or, you know, a real fall away in form, like, I don't know, Jaden Sancho or something, uh, all the chances are that in having got three or four years worth of good football out of him, we'll be able to get at least that sum of money when we move them onwards. So I, I, I don't know how old uh, Gonzalez is, but I, I'm, I'm more, I, I'm less averse to paying big sums of money if there's a very, very clear resale value at the end of it. Because actually it's just then about cash flow, really. Uh, well, so, I mean, we've clearly got the money or, you know, or Benham wouldn't be, wouldn't be approaching clubs with these huge bids. And I think, you know, in what's an inflated transfer market, sometimes you've got to pay the, the, the really big money. And we've been paying half that or approaching half that, gosh, three or four times in the last kind of 12, 18 months. So it's not entirely new territory. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, maybe this is the shape of things to come. I hope that we don't lose the superb ability that we've shown for gosh best part of a decade now to pick up the undervalued players and polish them up uh, develop them brilliantly and then sell them on at a big profit you know, that there's something exciting and there's something brentford about that and, and i really hope we don't lose that but now and again you've probably got to actually splash the cash um to answer your question is 25 um, okay. And you know he's he's been at um, Argentinos Juniors, forty four appearances, eleven goals. Then he went to Stuttgart, seventy two appearances, twenty two goals. Fiorentina, fifty eight appearances, fourteen goals. Um, World Cup winner? No, he didn't. Mate. He was injured for the for the was World he Cup. No, he didn't. Yeah. He, he, made, he was he was going to be named in the squad. He was he was injured, but um, he he played twenty four games for his for Argentina, scored four goals. So he's 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 prolific. Um, um, he's he's mentioned that he didn't want to come to Brentford before. Um, whether that was true or not, we shall find out. There's been lots of bids um, um, rejected by Fiorentina. Um, let's see what happens there. Uh, I just think the transfer market's going bonkers crazy anyway. Yep. So we're, we're probably looking at him going, well, if he can come to us and, and score and we've, we've paid 40 for him, he's, he's probably going to go to 
to to Chelsea or to Saudi Arabia or to Man City for a hundred plus. It seems to be the way that, that you know. There's a lot of good players out there. They can't all go to the the big clubs, but the the, the money's not the the money's there. You know, the the the, the broadcast money's is coming in. We're just so so fortunate. We're at that top table at the moment. Do we know how long he's got left on his contract with Fiorentina? I, d- I don't know. No, no. Yeah. He, he joined in uh, in uh, June 2021. So um, 2020, yeah, or 22. So he might be in the same kind of Ivan Tony kind of situation, mm, yeah. where he's two. It might be a. You know, oh, it's a five-year contract. So he's, he's not. He's, he's, so they don't really need to sell him just no, yet. No, he's, he's there until. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For 2026, so he's got, he's got a couple of years before he's in that kind of like mm. panic panic window. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so Fiorentina are able to kind of be be confident that they can reject. But, you know, you know this the, the, the tweet by Fabrizio Romano says, you know, club sources confirm huge salary bid for player has been made Fiorentina already rejected an opening bid two weeks ago so uh, you know um, let's see where this one goes there's there's 10 10 more days to go or eight more days to go to mm. the window shuts this one I don't think is going to go away we could see Brentford absolutely smashing their transfer window or transfer record on on this player um, let's let's see um, but like 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 everything else, there there will be um, other other targets. But what you know what, what's really interesting in is we we don't seem to be um, confident. We're not, no, not confident. We don't seem to be settling for 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 what we've got. We we seem to be looking for more strength in depth. I think we're we're going for something extra special this 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 season, didn't you? Yeah, and I think that you know we we know that or we suspect. That Ivan's not going to see out the season with us. We know and expect that we're going to get a lot of money for him, probably in the region of double what we're talking about here. So, you know, I think as usual, there'll be that element of forward planning. Uh, you know, but but I do agree. We look strong now up front, and uh, it's it's kind of interesting that we're looking to strengthen further. I don't know about you two, but before we catch up with the rest of the news this week, I fancy some facts and some proper funk. So, as always, over to you, JB, for your fact fest. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Woo! JB, and he's ready to back it to you one time. Uh, get it! Hello, Jonathan Birchall back again. We previously made 26 league visits to Fulham. In the 10 games up until the 1950s, we'd never won. But since the fixture reappeared in 1980, we've only lost two of our 16 trips. The memorable 4-1 win eight years ago, 
was yet another occasion we'd taken all the points and improved our goal difference by three. Probably from a coaching viewpoint, 3-0 is pretty much an ideal score. The defensive side of the game was perfect with a clean sheet. Only the 15th we've had on our travels in 134 top-tier trips. Whilst the goal's four, it's about double the average we score in an away game. We've only previously had two top-tier 3-0 away wins, back in 1938 at Huddersfield and the last at Blackburn in 1947. Brian and Bumo have scored three goals in the opening two games of this season. In our 96 previous league season, he's only the ninth player to do this, following in the footsteps of some of the club's great goalscorers, including Jack Holliday, George Francis and Francis Joseph. Two of his goals have of course been penalties. There's only been two other players who've opened the season like that, Billy Goundry in 1960 and George Wilkins in the top tier season starting in 1946. As we know, Last season Ivan Tony scored 20 league goals, with Brian as our second top goalscorer with 9. Yet it was only in the 5-2 win over Leeds that Ivan and Brian were both on the score sheet together. So by both scoring in both games already this season, Mbumo and Wissa have already doubled that total. A couple of other bits of news this week, Ali. Um, we'll, we don't really want to go back to last Sunday, really, because it was a bit of a low, but um, England Lionesses, they did brilliantly. Well, they, they got through to the World Cup final. Um, they did our country proud by, by being in the first World Cup since 19, World Cup final since 1966. Didn't quite pan out for them on the day, did it? No, I mean, I think I think when they look back on it, they'll be disappointed in the in the way they played and the way they performed. But you know, I, I would say that going into that tournament, my expectations for England were fairly low, considering the key injuries and the retirements that we had. Um, so I think to get to the final was a tremendous achievement. It's a tremendous achievement for women's football. The, you know, the profile of women's football going. You know, it, again, they've raised the profile of women's football and. I think what was great is you see people discussing it on Twitter in the same way as they discuss the men's game. Oh God, the referees rubbish and blah blah blah. And it's you know it's it's become more women's football has become more normalised in the national conscience, which I I think is brilliant. And I just have to say special mention for Mary Earps, who I think has been brilliant throughout the tournament. And I think every goalkeeper should be made, should there should be a three line whip. They have to all shout fuck off whenever they say a penalty. <laughs> Because I, I think that was just superb. I, I, I love her. I think she's brilliant. I think Nike should bloody bloody well make her jersey. Um, and yeah, congratulations to the Lionesses. They did so well. I know ultimately it was disappointment, and they'll see it as a failure. But it's something massive to build on yet again. So um, and the, I mean, the other story surely is that you know Olga Kamano, Kamano's dad dying. Like, yes. On the, yes. On, on the eve of the tournament, the eve yeah. of the final. And she didn't and her, know. No, not yeah. knowing. It's just like tragic. I mean. Imagine if she'd have felt like she'd have lost the final and then found out as well. But yeah. so, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that because you know. I, 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 let's want... say how magnet, how fantastic Spain played. They were, they were brilliant. Yeah, they, they did. They, they absolutely. fully deserved, fully deserved the result. They, they played, they played the, the they played the better football throughout the yes. tournament, and you know, we, we didn't, we didn't play great in some matches. We, we played functional football in a couple of those matches that got us to the final, mm. and we, all, we all kind of said, oh well, you know. It, it got us to the final, but in the end, the functional football didn't quite work. And and, no. and, and uh, just to say, this, you know, Spain, 
Spain, they 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 could have they could have been outside. I think if we'd had if we'd had all our all our players fit, um, if we'd had Kirby, if we'd had Beth Mead, I think we would have been playing a lot better football but, than we played. I think we played, you know, with what you know with the with the players we had. You know, I think we needed to be a bit more functional, but. Yeah, fair play to Spain. I think it's almost... When was the year that the Spain men won the World Cup? I can't remember. But it's almost to Spain. It's almost like they should have been doing this for a while and they've, they've finally it's all come to fruition. They've won, you know, the various World Cups, World competitions at all the levels all the way through and it's, it's finally come to fruition for them. And I think you can see them dominating women's football for a long time to come. If you look at the Barcelona women and they've got a really good system in place at the moment. So um, yeah, it's tw- it's tw- congratulations tw- to them. It was 2010, I think. Um, yeah. But so you know, but we can all agree that they did the nation proud. Um, yes, absolutely. And the other bit of news is um, we talked about it at length last week, so we won't talk about it at length today. But we will mark the end of uh, Sergi Canos' period at, at Brentford Football Club. Um, he, he's gone off to Valencia. He's got his dream move. Um, so well, well done on on, on achieving that. Um, and we we wish you well, Sergi. Thanks for all the happy memories. Um, and um, yeah, just uh, good luck for the future. Just, yeah. just, just a shame he got stuck yeah. on two hundred and forty-nine games. Brentford, yeah, two fifty really. is always a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I, I agree. I saw that. I thought, yeah, two four nine. That's that's just just a bit yeah. odd. Yeah. So that's enough of looking back. We're going to look forward. We've had we've had uh, we've had a long night of it on, on the podcast tonight. With, uh, as I said, we we spoke at, at length about the Ivan Tony situation. If you've not heard that yet. Go to uh, Pride of uh, Pride of West dot London, and um, it's there. Look at our besotted Twitter feed. There'll be lots of links to the uh, Ivan Tony edition. But we look forward to this weekend uh, the visit of Crystal Palace, uh, who have got some real good talent in their team, but some of it's some of it's missing. We're, every week we play a team that's missing their talismanic striker. First game, Harry Kane wasn't playing for Tottenham. Second game, Mitrovic wasn't playing for Fulham. This week, Zaha is not playing for Crystal Palace, and nor Ivan Tony playing for us. But we 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 have we we are going to be tested. We are going to talk about that in a minute. But before we do that, let's go over to D from Back of the Nest podcast. He's going to tell us about how the season started for Roy Hodgson and Crystal Palace. <laughs> What's going on people, it's D here from Back of the Nest to give my preview ahead of the game against Brentford on the weekend. Thank you once again for having me on the podcast. As always, if you guys want to see more Palace content, check out Back of the Nest on YouTube, podcast and all your social media platforms. Now, there's two things on the agenda here. Of course, Brentford game, we're going to talk about that. And the transfer window. Um, Look, quickly, I'll mention it. Whatever I say on here could drastically change depending on who comes who leaves i don't expect many outgoings the elise thing which i'm pretty sure all of you know what was going on there he was on the verge of joining chelsea that is sorted so i don't expect any more rumors about outgoings apart from potentially our strike on mateta but you never know we might have a player or two coming in um before the game but i think that would be very very tight right now as the days are approaching there isn't anything finalized yet but look let's talk about palace um quick summary about our season what happened last season and few results Look, last season was very frustrating it was frustrating 
as you know lots of Brentford fans could probably see we had a very good first season under Vieira but last season we had hiccups along the way we went about nearly three months without winning a game and that unfortunately cost Vieira his job um, it was very it was very dull it was very dull watching Palace and honestly I couldn't wait for the season to end and that was probably around February March because yeah we had no hope so unlike you guys um, who had a relatively solid season uh, once again pushed on uh, we had the opposite we had the opposite we had a season where I think many Palace fans were glad that it ended I mean we had a you know few dodgy results as well um you know, losing against our rivals Brighton, which was an ideal, and and when Roy Hodgson came in after Vieira got sacked, I think that's when our season changed. Um, of course, it was only for ten games, but he kept us up relatively uh, comfortably, uh, which was a surprise to even Palace fans because we didn't know what to expect. We played some great attacking football, so for the ninety percent of the season, it was very frustrating. But towards the end of it, it was actually exciting. So it depends on how you view the season like that. But out of ten, what I'd give it is probably a four or, or or three. I mean, we stayed up, but we expected more than just staying up. Of course, Palace have been in the Premier League for. 10 years now and going into last season we wanted to see progression from the club I understand it's not as straightforward as some people put it out to be but we had a very good first season I was expecting the club to build on that in the transfer market which we didn't do enough we brought in Decore um, who's now linked with Liverpool he was very solid but we didn't do enough business and it was mediocre it was mediocre and now this is a fresh start and and yeah talking about Roy Hodgson uh, in a fresh start look he's once again palace manager albeit one year which is weird and i'm pretty sure you guys can agree with me as well on this because you don't tend to see managers sign a year contract but then again it makes sense with roy because look he's doing a favor for palace even when he joined us last season to keep us up I doubt he would have joined any other club. He's got a good connection with Steve Parrish, the chairman. He's got a good connection with Palace. Of course, he grew up in the in the area as well. So he was a Palace fan um, growing up. So I have no hard feeling. I want it to work out. But even appointing him for this season, I had questions about it, about the long-term ambition of the club. Not because of Roy, but because I want the club to actually plan for the next three to four years, which you can have the debate that is hard to do nowadays. But um, look, two games into the season, um, Roy's done a relatively solid job against Sheffield United. We control possession. Uh, we got the win against Arsenal. I think it was down to talent rather than tactics. Um, I think Roy got it pretty much spot on. I mean, Arsenal only beat us by a penalty. Of course, they got the red card. And some of you ha may have watched the game as well. We were putting them under pressure, but we just didn't have enough shots. And that's down to just a lack of talent. I mean, we had Edouard up front with Jeffrey Schlapp and Jordan Ayo. Ayo had a relatively solid game, but Edward has marked out the game. And Jeffrey Schlapp, he just doesn't have the technique to be a low block when teams are defending and low block with so much talent like Arsenal have. But look, in terms of talking about talent and the squad this season as well, Zaha, he is gone. There is no more. Is Zaha going to stay? Is he going to go? He's officially gone. He's gone over to Turkey to join Galatasaray, which I'll be honest, it was kind of annoying to see because I thought he would join a bigger well I think that's right a big club but a, a better club a club that you know 
could do something in Champions League. But look, he's gone off to Turkey. Um, wish him all the best for that. Um, that's none of our business at, anymore. Uh, that's all done. Um, in terms of players leaving, I think, as I said, Mateta is the only one that I could realistically see leave. He was uh, with Roy when Roy was last time around and Roy didn't really play him as much. And now I think it's all clear that Roy doesn't rate him and he... Also, I think he's not good enough for the Premier League. He's got some massive goals for us, but he just doesn't offer enough in terms of his game. But look, overall, this summer has been... I can't talk about the summer window yet because it's still open. But Lerma signing is absolutely fantastic. So we brought him in and he is you know, phenomenal in midfield. I think him and Decore complement each other's games perfectly. So I think that's a squad improvement there. And the fact that we got him for free... Makes it even so better. We brought in Mateus Franca from Flamingo over in Brazil. He won't, he won't feature in this game, um, but he's meant to be this Brazilian talent with flair. And I think it would be Zaha's replacement. I think that's the idea around it. It costs around 25 million euros, which is quite a bit of money for Palace um, to spend. So, so yeah, he, we haven't seen much of him yet. But look, in terms of who's exciting me, as I said, Lerma's exciting me. I think we still got the core of Gay Anderson in defence, which is great. It's just the attack, and the attack would look better with players coming back from injury. Elise is still out injured. France is still out injured as well. So, as I said, the attack of three that we had against Arsenal wasn't that great, but all the other areas of the pitch were pretty much sorted. So, once those players come back, I think we should be fine. And on top of that, I, I still believe we need another striker um, if Mateta was to leave. And I think, you know, regardless, we still need another forward because Edouard and Mateta, there's a debate about whether they are good enough for the Premier League, whether they can play consistently. Um, Edouard has had a relatively solid start to the season, the striker. He scored against Sheffield United. Didn't get a goal against Arsenal, but that was very of a, that was a hard task for him to do. Um but yeah, look, um, I expect one, one or two more signings, probably a striker and a winger. And if we do do that, I think that would be relatively solid business for us to try kick on. And in terms of kick on, hopefully push for a top 10 finish because that's what Roy Hodgson said at the start, well, in pre-season and also at the end of last season. So he said that twice. And if the manager is saying that this squad has the ability to finish in the top 10 with a few additions, which we still haven't made yet in terms of striker and a winger, then who am I as a fan to say that's not possible if the manager's saying that? So, look, hopefully we do get the job done in the transfer market and hopefully we do try to push top 10. But that's not going to be an easy task as we're, as we're talking about here in, in terms of the Brentford game. I think both teams, both you know Brentford and Palace, even without Tony, can push for the top 10. And, you know, talking about life without Tony at Brentford, um, you know, I feel like you guys are dealing with it relatively solid so far. Um, you got great recruitment team. You got a fantastic manager, a manager which I hope he stays at Brentford for a long time. But you know how these big big clubs operate. You don't. Uh, you know I won't. I wouldn't be surprised if a big club comes for him. And I'm saying that with you know with all due respect because I think he's a phenomenal uh, manager that can adapt to all types of situation. And you know Brentford last season, I, I think you had a relatively solid season um of course there were talks about potentially finishing in european spots but i think as the season went on that looked more difficult um the tony scandal you can say whatever word you want to put on it um probably was a bit of a distraction 
But look, overall, I think Brentford is a well-run club. Um, is a community club. Every time I hear about Brentford, um, I hear about how everyone in the club is involved. Um, even listening to a recent podcast about the running of Brentford, it's like everyone in the training ground, if they're going for lunch, you see from the people at the top to the people at the bottom just sitting together on the table. And I think that just sums up Brentford as a football club. Um, and I think it's very rare to see nowadays where everyone, even I think Ivan Tony said it in a really t- uh, in a recent podcast that he was on as well, that everyone sits together in terms of players, no matter what country you're from, your background, you know, it, it seems like there's a bond and, and I respect that massively because Brentford don't have huge finances, but what they are good at is recruitment. What they're good at is being together. It sounds cliche, but you know, it seems like everyone's on the same page at Brentford. And I think that's why Thomas Frank is still your manager right now because he enjoys um, the culture and the environment that he has created as well. In terms of the players that concern me from Brentford ahead of this game, I'll be honest, I think Embuemo is is one and Wissa. That's, that's the thing. I think lots of casuals could say, oh, Tony ain't playing, so it should be easier. But I don't think that's the case because Mbomo, even last season, was a huge talent. And so far in this season, he scored two against Fulham and I think he scored against Tottenham as well. So he's got three goals in two games. With Wissa, I don't know if he's out injured because he got subbed off in the Fulham game. But I'm pretty sure it shouldn't be anything serious that um, that I've not heard of anyway. So should be available. I think them two scare me the most. And in terms of how the game will pan out, look, let's be honest, the game against Brentford, it always ends in a draw. I mean, last season, it was 2-1 alls, both at your ground and at our ground. And the season before that, it was nil-nils. So I think it'll be a tight encounter, even without Tony. I think both clubs, even last season, it was so frustrating because um, we was winning 1-0 and then in the last minute, I gave away the ball and you guys scored an equaliser. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be tight encounter. I think... Roy being a manager uh, will make sure that we're sort of defensively so I don't see many goals happening in this game funny enough and I could see it being another draw and in terms of the score prediction I could see it being another one or I think both sides have got a bit of talent with Palace there's a question mark with with attacking three but we still got Eze and Eze was marked out of the game against Arsenal. Let's see if Brentford could do that as well. If he can, then I think the chance of you um, getting a result is, is much more significant because he is our main creative outlet. But I think it'll be another tight game. Uh, Brentford could end up scoring first and then maybe Palace do the comeback in the 90th minute, uh, the opposite of what we saw last season. But I think it's both you know well-run clubs. Um, Brentford, I think, is more better run than Palace funny enough um, well as of recently that's, that might sound controversial but with Palace there's stuff going on behind the scenes with our owners that we, that's not that's not clear yet so um, it's a bit frustrating in that aspect but of course Palace will see Paris has been fantastic but now we've got American owners um, that's why I have said that uh, but look Brentford great team uh, Palace also have their pros um, and cons as well you've got a very good defence we've got a very good defence I think it'll be a tight encounter I think it'll be one all but look that's it for this preview as always um, if you have um, enjoyed it make sure to check out our preview on our YouTube channel um, where we'll be talking from a Brentford perspective ahead of the game uh, but look thank you for having me on and all the best for the rest of the season apart from Saturday but look that's it from me the back of the nest and hopefully you all keep safe <laughs>
So thanks, Dee. That was uh, really always, it's always good to hear from our South London chums. You know, we've, we've played you not so often over the years, um, more so back in the day, but uh, not, not really many times. And to be acquainted back in the top flight is, is great. Um, there's a lot of similarities between our clubs. Um, and uh, it's, 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 it's going to be a really, uh, it's going to be a keenly contested. There should be a lot, it's going to be a lot of talent out there on the pitch on Saturday. I just hope it's going to edge our way. Ali, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? Are you looking forward to the game? Oh, yeah, I am looking forward to the game. I think um, Palace are one of the few teams now in the Premier League that we haven't actually managed to beat, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> At least last season, we progressed, both of us, to scoring goals against each other rather than two nil-nil wins. I, it, I, it would be nice to actually get a win against them, wouldn't it? And uh, yeah. I, I think we're in good form. Um, I watched some of their game against Arsenal the other night. They look very good defensively. Um, I don't think they're offering quite so much going forward. But I think, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's, it, it, it's too fairly well-matched sides, actually, but I would I would think we would hope to come out on top of it. I think it could be really... I'd be interested to see how we set up. I would hope we're setting up with four at the back, but who knows? They've been pretty dull encounters, the, the, the four games we played. Yeah, they, they have. They're, they're, they're just like, you know... Apart from the last I'm, five minutes. I'm struggling to remember too much. I mean, I know we, we sort of popped up right at the death up at their yeah. place last season. Yeah. Um, we probably should have held out to win at home mm. last season as well. Two nil-nil draws away. We, I think we were happy to get a point at Sellers Park because it was early on in our first season and we were just happy to get a point on the board. And I think we probably could have done a little bit better in, in, in the home game, but it's, it's pretty, pretty... My memory ain't that good, let's be honest with you. Um, Lewis, what, are you looking forward to the weekend and what's your prediction? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think as well as uh, Zaha being out, uh, it's a relief, if I've got this right, that Elise is not mm. going to be playing either. What a beautiful player he is. He, he's yeah. kind of similar quality to Eze, which is saying quite a lot, I think. Uh, so they will be uh, much less of a threat be, w- without him and Zaha. Ali's right. I think defensively they're strong. Particularly, I've always liked their two centre-backs. I think they're both really good players. So they're not going to be uh, a, 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 a pushover by any means. Uh, but... Uh, I think we, we, you know, we. I, th- I think on paper anyway, and on current form, we're a better side than them. Um, I'm going to go around the table now. Um, Ali, what's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to go two 0 Brentford. Cog. Two two. Oh, I'm, I'm just go following the pattern there. Or two one Brentford win myself personally. Yeah, but I'll take a point now if I'm honest. You know, I'd, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, we, we need to beat them. We need to beat them. Yeah, if we're going to go... Overdue a win. Go, they'll, they'll say they're overdue a win against us. We're going so, for the champ- if we're going for the Champions League, we have to we have to be beating teams like, <laughs> like Crystal Palace. Palace. Teams <laughs> like Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, thank, thank you for giving up your whole evening tonight, you two. It's been a pleasure... Um, it's now I've, 2 a.m. Listen, I thoroughly enjoyed chatting. <laughs> I, you know me; I, I, I'm always happy to talk about Brentford, and there's been some positive stories. There's been some negative stories, but you know, it's, it's all good. You know, it's all it's all good in the hood. So um, I'm just gonna have a little rumble. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna tap on the top of the microphone, and I'm gonna not speak very fast and pretend to say lots of words like Bill does. I'm saying all I'm gonna say. All I'm gonna say is. 
Come on, you bees. If you like what we do, subscribe. If you don't like what we do, don't listen to us again. If you like what we do enough to buy us a beer, head over to besotted.com forward slash beer. And don't forget that we have recorded an Ivan Tony special edition. If you've not listened to that yet, do yourself a favor and download that. You can head over to besotted.com, subscribe to any of our platforms. Come on, Ubis. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.